Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. We have a special bonus episode for you today. We have the one and only Ty Burrell, that's right, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family, here to discuss Julia Meltzer's Dead Pilot, Yours, Mine, and Paul's. Ty and his company Desert Whale uh, were the producers, the production company on the pilot. And uh, Ty, of course, came up in my interview with Julia and her supervisor, Abraham Higginbotham, which maybe you listened to. But I think it's interesting to get the perspective of the production company on a pilot. You'll hear what drew Ty to the project, how he sees the role of the producer. Uh, And we get into a pretty fun conversation about multi-camera Sitcoms and how Modern Family was really a multicam in the guise of a single cam. Uh, Ty refers to two actors uh, a bit in this. Those two actors are Sarah Hyland, who played his daughter, Haley Dunphy, on Modern Family, and Elliot Knight, a British actor you might be less familiar with. We sort of explain who, who he is. But Sarah and Elliot were cast as the two leads in Yours, Mine, and Paul's. Even though this was never produced, which can be confusing that something was cast that was never shot, but it happens. Um, so just wanted you to know who we're talking about. This was such a treat for me. Uh, and here is my conversation with Ty Burrell. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. No, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know, it sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. (laughs) Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. So, Ty, thank you so much uh, for, for taking the time to talk it's about... It's totally my pleasure. I had, we had such a... Uh, it was such a cool experience um, disregarding the final decision on the pilot, but um, it was a very cool thing to be a part of. A so, so, Julia was your development assistant at your company yeah. at, at Desert Whale. Well, at, so, at the company a pre- before. At a previous company. Okay. Um, called wedding punch um and she was our assistant and she um i have to give some credit here to mel cowan who you have had on your show i listened to that episode actually um uh and he's the one who read her script and was like this script is really good you know you should 
should check this out. And we read it and everybody sort of flipped for it. Um, and so that's where that process started. Um, and we, it was one of those, you know, pre COVID markets too, where, um, you know, not, that's not to say the specs still can't sell because they definitely can, but it was, it was just a straight up spec from a writer that had zero experience and the script really spoke for itself. And, um, our exec at the time, Cheryl Dolans was really, you know, read it and was really excited about it and, and started the wheels in motion. It was kind of, it was, it's a little bit of a daydream, you know, beginning to a writing career. Yeah. So, okay. I didn't realize that Mel had played a role. So yeah. it wasn't like Julia had to like do that uncomfortable thing of giving her boss directly her spec. It came. No, through. but I mean, I, 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 you know, I think, it, I don't think it was that awkward. We definitely, Julia was already a big part of the, like, she had a lot of input. Uh, you know, the the title of assistant, I don't think was really, uh, you know, well suited for her role in the company at that point. Um, everybody had figured out that she was smarter than the rest of us. And, um, she was having a lot of impact on the kind of collective tastes of the company. And, um, so it was not, and I knew she wrote, um, so it wasn't a shock to get a script. It was, I won't say it was a shock, but it was a very pleasant surprise to see how sort of like, you know, just how well made it was for being, uh, you know, a first real, it wasn't her first attempt, but her first, you know, submission in particular, the cold open. I know you guys um, have done the reading. The cold open was just sort of s s striking. Yeah. It, they're so hard to write. I have found, I, and I'm, I've, it's part of why I came to the conclusion that I'm not a writer is having tried to write so many <laughs> pilots and, and coming to the, you know, it was specifically with the cold open. It's the it hardest did. thing. Yeah. The cold open of a pilot may is one of the hardest things in all of writing. I feel like right? it's, it's, it, you have to say so much and you have to kind of provide the thesis statement for the show and it has to be funny and, you know, it, it just was like a perfect cold open in my opinion. It really like it was funny, it was surprising, and it told you the whole show. And and uh, I was just all of us were sort of like, wow, this is really special. And then the, the whole pilot was really strong, um, so it made it easy to submit. And then you know I don't know how easy it was on the exec side, but it's really it's just so I prefer that process so much more you know at, at in development in terms of like being a producer it's just so much more it's so much easier and so much more satisfying to sort of present somebody something that you know is good and say you know you if you don't like it totally fine we really think this is fantastic so you and, mean a spec as opposed to a yeah a pitch yeah yeah um, not to say that pitches, I mean, pitches are, are so effective and I, I, I'm definitely not naive about, or I, I hope I'm not naive about it, but, but it's really, it's really cool when, it, when you do have something like her script where you can just go, oh, here it is. 
it's great. We think it's great, you know, and then they thought it was great. And, and um, yeah, and then it sort of kind of started to make its way up. I think everybody who read it really loved it. And then um, when Abraham came on board, he's just such a, he's just such a, you know, a masterful writer and in particular with the type of like hard comedy of a multicam um it was just a perfect it was a perfect fit um and and the script got better too which you know i I, i'm not uh, smart enough to know how (laughs) to make a script as good as julia's better (laughs) And, and uh and then you have somebody like Abraham come in and you go, oh, that's, I guess that's how you do it. Well, I guess you were smart enough to connect her with Abraham. That's the limit of my <laughs> intelligence. That's all I, I have just a handoff. I have a handoff level of intelligence. I mean, how do you see the role, your, your role as, yep. a, as a producer? Uh, I, God, you know, I, I really do feel like the more time that I've been doing it, the more I'm starting to understand my limitations, maybe. That would be the closest thing I would say to my growth is learning <laughs> my failings. <laughs> but uh, uh, what I really enjoy about it is coming across young writers. That's really the whole, this new company that I started, you know, at the very beginning of a pandemic because I'm a genius. Um uh, it really was with the idea of let's see how many young new voices and new points of view um, that really like, you know, surprise us and excite us. Let's see how many we could actually push, you know, forward. Um, and not, I don't mean that, you know, altruistically, like I think we, as a company, um, I work with a incredible woman, uh, Erica Schechter, and another incredible woman, Kriska Desir. Um, and I think we as a company feel like it's, it's also just really satisfying. Like we, it's, it's, you know, we, we just really get excited about it. And I think that as a producer, it's just really fun to read something you really like. I think maybe one of the byproducts of just having made so much half hour television personally is having some sense <laughs> but you have to ask other people if my if my thoughts are 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 good or not i honestly don't know but at least in my tiny brain they i feel like i have some sense of where of sort of shaping um and then bringing that and so do erica and Kriska, um and then bringing that to um execs that that is really fun um i I can't profess to knowing you know i feel like i know less about the industry than i ever have like i don't know much about the gaming of it uh i wish i did Uh, i feel like yeah i just feel like that that's such a mirage that keeps moving and the mandates keep moving and all of that but but um, but that part of it is really, I, I will say, I, I genuinely get um, satisfaction from that. Yeah, well, it sounds like that's the motivation, right? Because it's you know, you could ask like, why do this? You know, you've obviously mm-hmm. you know, you're an actor, a very successful actor. You could just you know, 
stay in that lane. There's no, there's no one telling you, you have to also be a producer, but is it really, it's that feeling of that feeling of satisfaction from finding that new voice and helping. Yeah, it, it really is. It's genuinely satisfying. It's, it's happened. We've been lucky on, a, on, on uh, a few scripts uh, with this new company that of, of, in terms of people that, you know, are getting their first crack. And, um, and I shouldn't say we've been lucky because their scripts are just like, wow. You know, like that's, that's the really exciting part is reading something from somebody who hasn't had their, their opportunity yet and feeling like, wow, this is really, really good. Um, and that's true too of some pitches there. Uh, there are definitely a few pitches in there from, from new voices that were also really, um, you know, just equally exciting and, you know, cool. And how are you finding those writers if they're not already in your office? Um, I think mostly it's Erica Schechter, who is really, really good at kind of um, digging. Um, we have, you know, because of, of Mel, and Julia and Johnny Ray Meeks and Joel Spence, who were part of Wedding Punch. We definitely have some inroads at, at UCB. Um, and Julia has, you know, in particular, is actually we're working with Mel on another script as well. So that pipeline seems to be a really, you know, uh, a, a cool one. Um, but also just, as a pod, you get submissions um, through the agency and through stuff like that. And um, Erica and Chris are really good. I, I just, I, I just think their their taste is so great. You know, like the things that actually come through, they read a lot, and they're very, uh, they're just very. Uh, in my opinion, they're just very astute about what you know in terms of the stuff that we would be excited enough about to do that push and the push takes a lot of time and energy so it feels like you have to be equally excited about the project to match the calories burnt (laughs) and pushing so many rocks uphill at the same time you know what i mean it's it's sisyphus times eight or whatever's on your slate. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I think they're really remarkable at it. And, and then, so your role once, you know, so once you sold this to ABC, were you, um, on the, on all the notes calls with studio and network? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and how did you, I mean, it sounds like from talking to Julia and Abraham, this wasn't a case where there were, uh, there was a lot of butting heads where they were getting a lot of, you know, notes from the network that they didn't agree with. So I don't know if you've been in the position um, where you're maybe hearing notes that the writer really doesn't want to do, but you know, that you're yeah. caught in the middle. Have you been in that, in that situation? Not a ton, not a ton. Um, and def- definitely not on that project. You know, Abraham also is a strong enough, person and you know has such a clear point of view that if there were notes that bumped him or bumped us he didn't really like he didn't really sit on those you know 
he's somebody who, you know, basically was able to say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't love this note, like in the moment, which I think is a, is really, it's kind of a clinic in, in when you're on those calls to, to hear that and to not have to have that get dragged out. But I will also say that um, our execs have been pretty collaborative. You know, I think in general, there's, I think maybe the exec, you know, stereotype is changing or not the stereotype is changing. Stereotype may be the same, but, <laughs> but I think that there's, you know, what's happened with streaming and everything. There's a little bit more of a, an interest, I think, in collaboration. And um, those conversations have all been pretty good. Um, that's not to say that, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll experience at some point getting a note that feels completely antithetical maybe to whatever it is we're trying to accomplish, but that it hasn't happened yet. Right. So you haven't gotten caught in that bind of, do you No. Have, have, you, have you had that experience of, Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you often look to your producer, if you have right. one on the project, you know, to be like, help me out here. Yeah. Um, be, right. the, be the go between. I really don't want to, I don't, as a writer, I don't want to take this note, but I don't want to seem obstinate. Um, and, and then sometimes the producers are, you know, (laughs) caught in between. Um, yeah, I think that happened. That's happened on a small level. That's definitely happened on a small level where, you know, I am in a situation of facilitating something that what, what I would say has happened to this point is more, it feels like notes that we're unsure about. Right. So it's more about like, let us think about this for a little bit. We're, you know, we have to discuss this because it's actually something that you actually do want to talk about with the writer. Not really sure where we're at. It have, I haven't had that note yet where it was so, so clearly the, the for us, the right. wrong direction. Yeah. And but, those are easy in a way. It's the, it's the yeah. middle ground ones. Yeah. It's yeah. The, it's the, like, it could do this. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah you know, it's yeah, not yeah, so right. obviously, it, you know, those right. ones in the middle are what's where it's, it's really true. a judgment call. Right. That's where it truly gets, yeah. gets tough. Yeah. Um, and then as this was going through the process, is there, is there back channeling you're doing? Are you communicating, you know, with the, network execs um to just to, to to see where I mean, what its chances no, are no, really i i don't really love that part of this process <laughs> there's a part at towards the end if you're lucky enough to beat you know in the finals of the tournament as it were where there's definitely some back channeling about just sort of expressing your love of the project and also just like why why you think it is the right thing you know that i do think is can be valuable in terms of just them understanding you know what what why it is you're pushing so hard for it but i have found both as an actor and a producer that you know sort of constant check-ins and stuff i i never have felt like they're worth I think they're more trouble than they're worth, you know, like um, I find them exhausting and I think other people find them exhausting in my opinion. Right. Um, That's not to say that it doesn't work. There's a real, I know that 
<laughs> there's a real hustle um, in on in in acting and producing and all kinds of stuff. But um, I think you have to. That's just not in my skill set. I I I tend to be more of like a double dutch. You know, I'm sort of like waiting for my the right moment maybe um but that's not to say it's the most effective I, I don't know what's the most effective but i i always just felt like would i want to get this email right now like <laughs> i don't think so yeah i i think sometimes writers expect their producers just like get my show picked up like what do i what yeah. are you here for and not realizing yeah. like no one can do that no yeah. producer actually has that actually has that clout um how do you feel your acting background um helps when you're looking at these scripts and looking at rewrites i would say it's more on it's generally more on a micro level than a macro level i would say that i really struggle with structure in general um and it's another reason why I sort of moved away from writing is I, I came to so many writing cul-de-sacs. <laughs> I was like, wait, this, this doesn't go anywhere or this doesn't add up, you know, just that, that whole thing of something really adding up. I just marvel at, at what you all do, you know, in terms of making something really add up in terms of structurally. Um, but I do think there's a something about, or at least I'd like to think, once again, you'd have to consult with other people to see if it's true or not, but um, I'd like to think that there's something about the rhythm of a script. And that's true, even maybe beats, but even scenes maybe to me about where, at least, you know, in my brain about where scenes feel where they should naturally begin or end or that kind of thing. And also um, dialogue and punch-ups and that kind of stuff I feel pretty comfortable with. Um, uh, yeah, so, but, but, but really when it comes to like the, the macro, I often feel like I, I can sometimes feel it, but I can't articulate it. I just don't have that. I don't have that skill. I wish I did, but I don't. Well, Julian Abraham did say that you were, you threw in some great lines of dialogue, um, which is a rare contribution to get from oh, that's a producer. Cool. Um, oh, that's true. Do you remember, you know, you're, you're saying that as it's going through, all you can do is sort of express your passion. And do you remember in, with this script, Mm -hmm. uh, as it was getting closer, how you were talking about why you think, why you thought this script should go to. I think a lot of it has to do with, um, well, there's some, there's some precedent. It would be the first, it would have been the first, I mean, this is aside. I, I always start, you know, start with the script, which I just think it's a well-made script. And I do believe that, multicams don't need to be reinvented. I, I really think that there's a, there's a lot of like trying to reinvent multicam, but I think that the, to me anyway, the key to that is just that they need to be really good. And there is a comfort food 
aspect to them when they're really solid that we don't care that we can see the punchlines coming. Right. We don't care about all of that. It's like when you go see a play, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe that this is happening. <laughs> you know, like, there's a suspension of disbelief in multicam that, that um, I think people just buy into if it's well-made. And I was definitely pushing for that, that, you know, and there's still a market for multicams, but also, you know, it would have been the first gay uh, black man on network television lead. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. You know, that's something that I think was worth um, them, all of us fighting for. Um, and I also was fighting for that cast. I think that Sarah and Elliot were, their screen tests together was just really, really cool. Really cool. And I, I, this is sort of a side note. That, that This is not just sort of a side note. It's very much a side note. But one of the reasons I don't think it got picked up is because they thought that the spirit was too sort of antagonistic. Mm. The two leads, you know, they wanted more warmth. And I think it's an underestimated part aspect of what performance brings to a show that you can't get on paper that Julia and Abraham wrote a really funny kind of biting, um, multicam, but the whole point from Abraham and Julia and I like is that we're going to cast people who, who know how to do this and to still love each other, you know, but you can't get that. I mean, that's probably the argument for making a, um, you know, a 10 minute short of it um, or making some sort of sizzle of something is to actually see that, you know, really good actors can do that. They, they can do that. Yeah. It's interesting. So you said, you just said screen test. Yeah. Um, so well, Elliot's Elliot screen tests. But so, but, but that's interesting that there even was a, you know, this, this is not a, a pilot that was picked up to shoot and you did, yeah. but you, you screen tested the, the two leads. We screen tested Elliot. Sarah was already attached, but I hadn't ever seen really Elliot's work and Julia hadn't and Abraham did. And I thought we all thought it would be really just a good idea to have a situation where we could, it was, it, I mean, screen test is probably making it sound too, too uh, highfalutin. It was, it was an audition. Um, but because of COVID, it was, it was on a screen. Right. <laughs> but, um, I'm realizing but, people may not know who we're talking about. Will you just fill people in? On Elliot the, uh, Knight. Yeah. Yeah. He's a British, young British actor, uh, openly gay young black man who was that I shouldn't even lead with that because that's not who he is, but it was relevant to our show. Um, because it was, he was the surviving member of a couple, a gay couple that was raising the baby with Sarah. Um, but, um, he was just a, he's just a very charming person, you know, and I really believe that not to say that good actors can't, you know, they're, good acting isn't necessarily yourself, but um, there's often a quality underneath what you're doing that, that kind of belies that kind of can tell the truth, no matter what you're playing. Right. Uh, in, in my opinion, o often I'll say not all the time, but often 
And he is a charming young man. And it really comes through because he knows how to turn a joke. You know, they both, you know, Sarah obviously knows how to turn a joke, but that's not the end of something when you're playing two people who are constantly fighting. They is to be funny and to, um, as my, as my uh, acting teacher in grad school, um, who was a truly brilliant guy, he was Spanish and he called it por los buenos, you know, for the good that un underneath you have to find some way that it's for the good, you know, mm. and, uh, and they just did it naturally. And that's a, that's a real disappointment when something doesn't get picked up and, and you hear that note, um, Oh, you know, just like, gosh, if you'd just seen it, <laughs> but, and did they, I mean, it's also, it's, it's a bit rare even to get that specific a reason for something to not get. I think it was one of, you know, there's other reasons and, and I, you can, as you know, so well, you can, you can chase those threads <laughs> yeah. forever of like what it was. And some of it can be productive for sure. Um, and I think a lot of it isn't, it's, there's, there's so much that's up, up in the air on their side. They're, they're obviously looking for certainty in their work and in their jobs. And I completely understand that, but I think there's just so much uncertainty and so much of it is timing and, you know, the, the, it has so much to do with the shows that did get picked up and sometimes nothing to do with the show that didn't get picked up, you know. And you end up chasing last season's reasons. A hundred percent running to the place that lightning struck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you show the network that audition? Yeah, they did. They, they saw that audition. Um, I'm trying to remember at what point in the process. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still, it's still something that I believe could have, you know, if they'd seen it in its entirety, if it was something where the pilot got shot, I think it would have made a big difference. There's a really, you know, Abraham and Julia wrote some really great kind of classic multicam stuff towards the end of the pilot of giving us a sense of that, of the, they're going to work on it, you know? Yeah. Um, the fact that they even wrote a second episode. Yeah. Know. Um, yeah. which we're kind of considering just regathering the cast and, uh, and reading that. Oh, stuff. cool. So oh, never, we've great. never done that. Cause we, we rarely, you know, we just do these dead pilots. There's not usually is it the, you know, super, right. hasn't been a second episode of any of these things, right, to right. Read. but in this case, you know, uh, it's kind of cool that, that there is a second one is there. So what often happens, you know, you get the pass and then the producer is just like, we're not giving up on this. We're going to, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Has there been, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I personally don't fall for anymore, but yeah. Um, yeah. what did you, have you, have you done any of that since getting oh, yeah. the pass? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, we turned, you know, we turned over all those stones. They, they really are. It really is a, a Hail Mary, you know, <laughs> and it happens probably less than Hail Mar Mary's get caught, but <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, we did, we did. Um, I still, you know, there's a part of me with this show in particular that even though 
you know, whether or not we would still be able to get Sarah and Sarah and Elliot back. But um, because of the way development has happened in the last couple of years and everything, the backlog, um, there's a part of me that I just hold a sliver of hope that that ball is still, you know, somewhere around the five yard line on its way down, <laughs> um, uh, you know, with in, into a pile of players um, that, that because the, there is so much uncertainty and because development is, is so, you know, people pulled last year, they pulled from the year before. Right. Um, There's a part of me that still hopes that maybe there's a sliver of hope for it, but if a slot opened up and it made sense that, um, that there's still life there for it. Yeah. Well, I do think one of the great things that producer can do is just never forget about a project mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and just be the one that you know a new network head comes in or whatever it is that you're, yeah. you're there with like okay this is the one that i yeah. still yeah um, well that's another thing that i think didn't work in our favor was there was some exact change over just before pickups of course um <laughs> and, and, and of course yeah um and 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 that that people often you know don't gravitate to projects that were you know nurtured by somebody else yeah. um but i agree with you i completely agree with you it's it's oh, it's uh incumbent on me to and producers to um yeah to to kind of things that you still believe in to make sure that people know about them and is multicam something that you that's a real goal for for you and the company to try and find yeah. specifically that yeah it is it is I, I love them I I my first two series on television were multicams right and um and I just love them it doesn't you know it didn't make me an expert on them but it made me a an admirer of them I think they're they occupy just something totally unique it's just completely unique that's not news to anybody but just the way in which people watch them and what they're capable of too. I think weirdly because they're so out front with what they are, they have the ability to be a little bit more saccharine than, than um, other mediums and people don't really care. Like if, if you approach certain subjects with being so earnest and so heartfelt in a single cam, I don't know if people, I think people often are like, oh, here's a very special episode, you know, but with multicam, it's just sort of like, it's accepted. It's like, we're watching it. I don't want to say in 2D, but the, you're watching it a, a little bit with just, I, I feel like you're watching with a knowledge already that I know this isn't real. I'm, I'm just, I'm gleaning jokes and I'm, it's like, you know, I'm just sort of like eating my, eating my mac and cheese while I watch. Is it something as an actor that you're, you'd like to get back into doing? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Yeah, I, I've been talking about it a little bit recently with some, some old writer friends. Um, uh, I think it's something that definitely interests me. I, I, I was unsure about, you know, probably in a very cliche way, I was sort of dabbling with semi-retirement, but <laughs> I'm sort of getting the itch. 
um, again, and, and uh, multicam for sure is something that interests me. Yeah, I always say to people, it is probably the most fun thing you can do in show business. It, it is. really is, right? You know, not necessarily, you know, the writing is, is tough, but there's something about a show night on a multicam. It's just so great. It's just the greatest. And no, no day of shooting on a single, you know, tedious day of shooting on a single camera could ever compare to that no. feeling, both as a no. writer and as, you know, I don't know, I've never been an actor on one, but, yeah. but that feeling of that live. Audience. How did you like writing on them? I mean, I, I, yeah, well, like I, Friends was a very um, specific thing and it was yeah. an incredible show uh, to write on. And there was, I mean, those, um, that sort of Beatlemania feeling every Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just crazy. It, it was a brutal show to write on, you know. Um, I don't think I could certainly work those hours of yeah, 6, right. 6 a.m. rewrites and and that constant churn of of those rewrites is really tough especially you know yeah. when you're when you're trying you're very exacting standards of just like how good every joke's got to be every you know th that takes a lot of time it was still really fun there was never a day of work where i didn't like get cry from laughing so hard every single day yeah you know, for seven years is a <laughs> yeah. amazing thing um, yeah. but it's you know to me the problem now is the way executives are so scared of them um, at the, you know, at the networks that they, they make them, they make people nervous somehow. They like, they yeah. apologize for what they are. And so yeah, I know, agree. the, I the agree. notes process on them just really is, is just so hard to, to navigate. Yeah. Unless, you know, you have to be Chuck Lorre and just not just sort of keep those people at arm's length and just do the show. Those are the multicams now that, that end up getting through are mostly Chuck because he just is his, you know, own thing and he doesn't. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like they, they require a certain level of faith and you just kind of have to have that faith in them that it's okay that people see the punchlines coming. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. People like that. People like, people that like it. Yeah. People like it. If it's, if they're good, obviously yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the trade-off is that you guys are in the room. It's grueling and you know, you're, rewriting and rewriting and moving a the and an uh you know and like taking the take changing the rhythm of a joke just slightly but in the end that couplet it you know when you perform it it's just so satisfying and i think to an audience member it's more often about appreciating the laugh that you got from something and and admiring it at the same time like <laughs> What a great joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not as, you're not as wrapped up in it, I don't think, personally. You're kind of, you're, you can watch it and, and, you know, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a cool, totally unique viewing experience. Yeah. That, that I do think people get nervous about because it feels dated, but, um, I just don't think it matters. You can tell right now with what's happening with uh you know 20 and 20 to 25 year olds in friends t-shirts <laughs> you know it's not it's not a it's not an old person's medium no people crave it and yeah. you know and uh, they're not coming to it looking for something 
experimental and brand new oh. and surprising. They are, you know, I mean, it's that, that Gary Marshall things, it's like, tell people what you're going to do, do it. And then tell them that you did it. It's, I've never, I've never, I've never heard that. That's great. That's really like the multi-cam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I, I would love, you know, for them to, <laughs> to have some, Sort of renaissance, and you know, the, the tricky thing then is, you know, younger writers aren't coming up learning how to do it, and it, no, is, right, and then they think right. that it has to be written a certain way, and it's just like, no, don't. I would say when we were writing the, the those shows, it, it was just we were just writing a comedy. You weren't in your mind thinking, oh, I'm writing a multicam. Almost all of them were multicam, so you're just like, I'm writing a comedy. You didn't think, oh, I have to write this kind of rhythm or this kind of thing because no. I am writing a multicam, and that thought is in my head at all times. It was never in your head. You didn't never. think about it. You're just like, I'm no. going to try and write the way people talk and land a joke, but I'm not going to do this right. like multicam rhythm. No. But you are writing, but you are writing hard fun. Yes. And, yes. And and that's the difference, I think. Yes. Is is that hard funny right now? I, I would say that mo- that um, one of the reasons that Modern Family was a success is that it, they were writing multicam. I mean, they were writing multicam jokes that punchlines were disguised by, with camera. Yeah, you know, yeah. a moving camera that whips to the punchline punch line. is <laughs> is was the way in which people were allowed to to watch hard funny in a way where, where they, you know, didn't feel like they were watching a multicam, but all the writers from our show came from multicam for the most part. And then the younger writers that were brought in and that stayed on, um, had that skill and developed that skill. And I love, I mean, we're developing some kind of dramedies. I mean, there are lots of them that I think are great. And I love comedies that are really driven by character. Obviously, like there's so many ways to be funny. But I definitely think there's still room for hard, funny, joke-driven comedy, and it's its own thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a marvel. It's a marvel to watch. To watch good joke writing, you know. Yeah. Um, and and what I loved in this script, what what drew me to want to do it for Dead Pilot Society is those yeah. jokes. I mean, there's these great joke runs, yeah. you know between Xander, you know, like they, they're just, they're so just, they, they land and, and they have these runs where it's just like, Oh, that's a great joke. Oh. And then you topped it. And, and yeah. that's something that you don't, you know, often. I think uh, one that just popped into my head was um, you didn't tell me I had to choose between my asshole <laughs> and my vagina or my anus and yeah. my vagina. Yeah. And Xander says, uh, well, it took me all of high school to make to figure that out. And you've only got three days. <laughs> I was thinking the That's same. Abraham. That was the one I was thinking. Yeah. I brought it up in my interview with them. I was just like that, and they said, and that that joke seems like yeah. Abraham had that. You know, she had, she had the set of you know the the first joke, and then he had that topper and. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great one. That's that's, a, that's an Abraham chef's kiss. Right <laughs> Um, well, it's a, it's a great pilot and, and, uh, keep, keep pushing. <laughs> Don't forget about it. <laughs> I won't, I won't. I, yeah, I have a, you know, there's in the pie graph, there's, there's a piece of pie in there that I really feel like there's a, you know, there's a chance for it. I, I hope, I hope. Yeah. Well, we hope so too. Well, yeah. thanks for taking the time. It was great. Really my pleasure. You. It was really fun to talk to you. All right. Thanks. I come out. 
Okay, I hope you enjoyed that little bonus episode. Dead Pilots Society is produced by me and my co-host Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Findling, and it is edited by Jordan Katz. Uh, you know all this stuff. If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Maybe tell a friend. Tell a friend about us. Follow us on social media to find out the latest. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. We'll be back uh, in just a couple of weeks for regularly scheduled programming, a new Dead Pilot for you. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thanks for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.